Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 411 on 778. I'm your host, Nate Spore, uh, back with another episode. And on this episode, I sit down with directing business rep Scott Brown and business rep Landon Miner, and we discuss a very popular uh, topic, and that is contracts and contract negotiations. Uh, we start out, uh, Brother Miner actually gives a, an update on how the Honeywell strike sanction vote went, and then we get into contracts. And we could literally talk for hours about contracts. Uh, we just hit kind of the specifics on how they work. Some of our shops, are, or all of our shops, are different on how the contracts work, uh, and we, we, we dive into that. So um, if you have specific questions on contracts, or maybe on your contract, still send those emails to the podcast email, and we'll, dis- we'll discuss it on the, on the next episode if possible, if it's, if it's able to be talked about. If it can't be talked about, maybe we can get you an answer from one of the business reps. So let's dig into it. So here's your directing business rep, Scott Brown, and business rep, Landon Miner. All right, everyone, I'm back with business rep, Landon Miner, and directing business rep, Scott Brown. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Thank you. All right, today we're going to start off with just a real small update on the strike sanction vote for Honeywell. Mr. Uh, Mr. Miner, how, did that, how do you think that turned out? Well, I think it turned out well. October the 15th, Sunday, we packed a schoolhouse in Belton, and uh, I think October the 16th, we met with the company, and uh, we sent them a clear message that uh, this membership is looking for, a, looking for a good contract. Yep. Uh, I was there, and we had a, we had a really good turnout. That, that place was pretty full, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, it was a good opportunity for us to see how the location would work. Um, you know, we've, we've got to make sure uh, we get to a tentative agreement that we have a good place to vote. And that place, again, is close to the plant. Everyone drives there every day. And and uh, we, uh, we've seen some things that we want to improve on, you know, uh, make sure we get the lines moved through quick. But overall, I think uh, I think the location worked out well. Now, parking could be a little bit of an issue. We just hope that folks get there early. You know, whenever we have this ratification vote, uh, we hope the folks get there early. We're going to do everything we can to make sure we get folks in, uh, go over any of the proposed changes that may come at that time. Again, I go back to this. Folks need to be addressing uh, the most important piece of information they have at their hands today, and that's their current contract. They should have a general understanding of what they currently have, that way, when we get to that point of a tentative agreement, we'll come in, we'll go through over, the, we'll go over the proposed changes, and answer the questions they have. But overall, I think that location worked out well for us. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> let's dig right into the negotiation process. So um, with any negotiation, you always have a negotiating committee, and how is that? How are those spots determined? Scott, would you like to comment on that? Well, the negotiating committee is normally elected by the folks of that shop. Um, the bylaws dictate, um, you know, how many they, that they can have. It's based on the size of the unit. Um, and there's a couple other requirements in there as well. But ultimately, the shop decides um, who they want to have as their negotiating committee to be at the table with the business reps. Okay, so how do you guys prepare for negotiations? There's a number of different things that... Um, 
we have to look at it. It you know it can be different for each shop. What what are the needs of that shop and how we need to go about doing it? But um, a lot of it just is based around bringing that committee together, getting them on the same team, getting them all um, focused on on the task at hand, which is negotiating that next contract. Um, there's some of the groups when we get these large committees, we take them out to negotiation prep um, at our very own W3 center. Um, that t- that training there is usually about a week long. Um, and various instructors come in and go over different topics, um, including how to make proposals. Um, sometimes they go out there and they actually make their proposals. Um, but that's a, um, a great facility and a great opportunity that we have to utilize whenever we need it. Um, some, of the, some of the other shops, when you get the smaller committees together, especially you know smaller shops and long-standing contracts where you don't have as many issues, it's a little bit easier to, to, to stay focused. But um, we do have all those resources available, and we use them um, quite often. I know people on the negotiating committee give up their own personal time to help with negotiation process. They're spending that time going through the contracts and seeing what changes they think need to be made and making notes and and meeting up here at the hall and and going over some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, When you have that, you know, you try to do everything you can to um, get the most out of the committee um, time-wise to fit schedules and stuff. So that requires a lot of times uh, meeting, you know, for example, right now with the Honeywell Group, we're meeting every Wednesday and uh you know meeting after work you know the folks are donating their time coming up here and doing that and uh you know we have had some days where we've been out of the plant um it it, it just again a lot of time goes into the contract prep process a lot of time goes into it for the business reps too i mean on the weekends i mean that contract doesn't stop uh, just because um it's it's a saturday or sunday I mean, we still have work that we have to get ready for the next Monday. You know, a lot of time goes into this. Just this weekend, you know, Scott's got a contract with a company, and and he was working this weekend on this contract. So a lot of time goes into the in this process. Now, on top of that, you still have your day-to-day business that you're doing as well. Yeah, and, so that's something I wanted people to know is that basically there's a lot of free time that's given for these contracts. It's not just a this time that's dedicated and that's all they do it's it's a lot of free time that's basically donated trying to get these contracts done yeah and and landon alluded to it there for a moment so at the same time we're also in negotiations with lab conco right now um that committee would based on the size of their shop is two um our last session last week um we met on thursday and um the company uh, gave a proposal to us at about 5:20 p.m. So the committee, um, we stayed late going through that proposal and notating the changes that we wanted to make and where we were at and kind of discussing it and everything. And then um, we go back to the table with them tomorrow. So in this case, we had a few extra days in between um, to get prepared. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, that committee worked well past the time that they're normally off work. Yeah. You know, and that's a good point too, Scott. Um, once we're at the table with with these companies, um, yeah, you could get that proposal right there at a five o'clock, six o'clock mark, and you got to be ready to rock and roll the next day, and not not have downtime. So that means you know working late into the night. All right. So in the negotiation process, so that's who's on our side. Who are you guys negotiating with? Generally, from the company side, is it is it 
HR? Is it lawyers? I mean, who are you guys? Who do you guys necessarily go? Are you negotiating with? I can say for me, it's a mixed bag. I mean, I've I've negotiated with the owner of the company. I've negotiated with lawyers representing the company. HR. It's a mixed bag. I mean, each company um, they handle it differently. So, yeah, like I said, from the owner to the company lawyer, right, and everywhere in between. And so they, they, some companies do have lawyers, but we have we have lawyers at our disposal as well, right? We do. Oh yeah, we've got local uh, legal in in the Kansas City area that we can utilize. Um, we've got help if needed up through the international. Um, most of the time, we're handling what we need to handle. You know, unless you get into a a legal um, issue, you know, say like a work pay time law type issue uh work comp if that was to ever come up i mean it's hard to say but most of the time just general shop language in your contract uh we're handling that stuff yeah because you don't want lawyers writing your contract you'd never be able to read it it'd read it'd read probably about like <laughs> like your mortgage it would it, w- it really would and we don't need that we just need general shop language i would just add to that um you know it's just it's it's more important to be able to identify whenever you have a legal issue um, rather than try to negotiate them, you know, um, none of us, none of us are lawyers. But if if they take it that direction and they want to start arguing legal language or whatever, that's whenever we would have to get somebody involved. Um, but to Landon's point, the day-to-day shop issues and and how your contract is structured, um, that's probably better left leaving the lawyers out of it. Yeah. Okay. So there's other contracts that are up right now nationally in national news but local as well uh that are being ratified uh inside of our own local outside of our own local nationally uh contracts that are coming up how do we go about how are we different how do we negotiate differently than those other maybe nationally contracts yeah well from a negotiation standpoint i don't know that you negotiate differently your tactics might be different um, and when you start looking at some of these national agreements that represent thousands and thousands of workers across the United States, um, you're just simply not going to negotiate that contract the same as you would others. Um, again, um, we typically um, really don't try to negotiate in the media a whole lot. Um, they can be your friend um, when the time's right. Um, same with using um, political assistance or um, getting politicians to get involved either. We, we try to handle everything in-house as much as we can and quite honestly if, if we're using the media or politicians to help negotiate our contract then we're probably not speaking with the company on very good terms as it is. Yeah and for the most part I think we have pretty good relationships with our companies. And there's ground rules that you set you know in negotiations too. I mean <coughs> you're gonna negotiate the contract at the table. You're not gonna negotiate it on the shop floor and the break rooms or in the in the back offices you're going to negotiate that contract right there at that table and things change and i know that things can change really quickly too so you might uh people need to i think people need to understand that the money the way the money works it it's not all just in raises i mean there's you have to there's certain there's a there's an overall pool that goes into everything i mean it's not just your wages it's your time off and everything else right yeah and you know Back to how do, how do we get ready for contracts? I think most all of our shops we, we all survey, and so you're you're going after what the membership would like to see. Now to that point, everyone has different ideas of what they'd like to see in their contract, 
and everything comes at a cost with the contract so you could have a dollar amount that you that you know that you'd like to go after however however that's only going to take care of maybe one part of that group you're trying to take care of the whole group so if you if you throw out hey this is the amount we're going to go after but yet you need to shift money around to a different location to accomplish something else then you have the possibility of letting this group down giving them false hopes false expectations of where you're going to be at the end of the day we're going to go after the most that we can go after for our membership to make sure that the membership's needs and wants are taken care of right and i know at least from what i understand the money is really in the last couple of days you guys are doing a lot of language looking at language as well and a lot of changes in that yeah i mean typically we we try to get all the non-economic stuff out off the table and out of the way as much as possible um and then that's usually whenever you start entering the economic portion of it yeah because mm-hmm. a lot of times people look at the money factor and and money's not everything they need to look at a lot of the language that's sometimes more important than the, than the money aspect of it what well, but it can kind of go together too you know take like overtime language all right if if you're talking about how overtime's offered up and offered out i mean that can have an economic effect to folks yet it's non-economic based upon maybe the language that you're working on however again it can affect people's pocketbook yeah all right and i know you guys we say it all the time we're not we're not negotiating for a strike we're negotiating for a good contract and that is what we're after however if it were to come to a strike how does that work how how does the voting go what is that process scott so the shops take their strike sanction vote first um prior to negotiations ever beginning and i think we've gone through that several times through this podcast and other but essentially that's the the vote that um gets sent up to authorize the release of funds and it, and it builds the power of the committee it sends a message to the company um, that they are willing to strike if needed when we bring that um, contract proposal back to the membership our constitution requires a ratification of 50 percent plus one so if that contract gets voted down we then take a strike vote and that strike vote reaffirms your very first strike vote and it has to pass by two-thirds so that's essentially kind of how the three votes work and when they occur okay and that those 50 percent plus one and the two-thirds that's of the membership that is at the ratification vote right correct and you know those those ratification votes we've always got high turnout in all those shops you usually have the larger part of your workforce um at those votes i mean people people go out of their way to make sure that they they attend the ratification votes all right so you guys seen anything trending uh, with the contracts you guys have done here recently? I think uh, for the most part, you know, the employers, you know, they're wanting to get to a contract. Um, they know that, you know, things have changed in the last couple of years. Uh, so we're seeing some improvements there. A- a- again, I-, I go back to this, each shop is different. Not every contract that we have is the same. And ultimately it goes back to the membership. If they can they feel like that they've got a good contract if they can work under those those conditions i i think right now folks need to remember yes the cost of everything is up um it's affecting not only not only wages but it's affecting how businesses are ran too so it's starting to swing a little bit the other direction to where 
it it's starting to hit the it's starting to hit the employer in different areas before they were struggling to get workers so they're having to up the ante just to get workers in the door well now it's caught up to where it's materials and stuff that are coming in cost is going up there i mean i'm i'm hearing it from companies that um i represent the cost of material and stuff is going up for them cost of wages are going up everything's going up i uh, still needing workers so it's still a workers market in kansas city right now that's good for us yeah it is yeah we're still seeing you know in this post-covid era if you will you're still seeing um a lot of good wage increases and and companies aren't coming to the table trying to you know strip strip language out all the time there's still a few that do here and there but but for the most part we're you're still seeing good increases um you know it, it is still a workers market although the economy is starting to kind of slow down and change a little bit but overall we've still been getting really good agreements for members in all the shops yeah i think i think everything's trending up in this market so all right i think that's all the time we have for today thank you gentlemen thank you thanks